Barry Trotz introduces Andrew Burnett as the fourth head coach in Nashville Predators history and gives us a lot of insight as to what the new look Nashville Predators will look like when they hit the ice next season. Big quotes and big topics to talk about today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We're your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A special hello to all you loyal Locked On Pred heads who join us every single day. We're happy to have you on board. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at InsideThePreds.com. Also want to mention today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, and big day for the Nashville Predators yesterday. Andrew Burnett officially named the team's head coach had the full dog and pony show press conference uh, first impressions of the first ever goal scorer in Nashville Predators history coming back to take the reins behind the bench. Yeah. You know what? I went into this kind of not knowing what to expect. Very curious to hear from Andrew Burnett. Very curious to hear from Barry Trotz about this process and how he landed where he did and the timing of this. There were a lot of questions going into this press conference. I will say that I left this press conference even more of a optimist than I went into this press conference. I think there was a tremendous amount of energy uh, around this hire. I think Barry Trotz feels very good about this. I think that fans will feel very good about what they hear initially. Of course, it all comes down to what you see on the ice. But yeah. I think everybody who was there left feeling excited about it. I ran into David Poyle and was just kind of casually chatting with him. It was funny. He ended up holding Brunette's jersey that they gave him. And he said to me, I don't usually end up holding the jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Alex Doherty on Twitter yesterday said, uh, you know, it was like 35 minutes into the press conference. It was like the first question for David Poyle. And he's like, huh, that's that's backwards than it usually is. Haven't yeah. seen that at all in the past 25 years. Yeah. But, you know, he was he was very excited and, you know, said to me, you know what, this is a really exciting day for the Nashville Predators and, you know, for the fans. And I totally agree. Again, you, you know, it's where the the metal hits the road or whatever, whatever that saying is. Rubber hits the road? Rubber hits the road. Yeah, because that's the tire, that's right? The tower is flat. That's where the metal hits the road. But hey, uh, you know what? All that matters is what's going to happen when this team hits the ice. But I think this was such a great launch for Brunette's tenure here in Nashville. Yeah, if you're going just by press conference quotes or press scrum mm-hmm. quotes, uh, there is enough to make you want to run through a brick wall and get you hyped. Yes. Uh, there's a couple of uh, uh, quotes and takeaways that are going viral uh, across the hockey Twitterverse today. Let's talk about the actual uh, press conference itself, though, because we you know we wanted some insight. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. 
you know, why why Andrew Burnett? Why mm-hmm. Andrew Burnett over somebody like Carl Taylor? Why him over somebody like some other candidates, you know, elsewhere in the NHL? Uh, here's what Barry Trotz had to say about just kind of what was he looking for uh, in, in terms of a head coach and why Andrew Burnett stood out. Uh, an example, well, every day, uh, any time that I've talked to anybody, the, the, the great thing about the way we're set up, uh, obviously David, myself, uh, Jeff Kelty, uh, uh, Scott, and, and Brian Poyle, all of us, um, we, 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 I sort of go over the day what, what, I, what I thought, so everybody's informed, uh, either through a Zoom call or a, uh, a conference call or you know, us all being in the same place at the same time, which is, hasn't happened a whole lot uh, last month here, but uh, we talk every day and, and uh, I would really go over uh, the likes and, and maybe my questions uh, that uh, and, and my feelings on every can any, anybody I talk to, be it a, like a coaching candidate or uh, someone from a from the scouting industry or whatever. So th- there's really a lot of collaboration and a lot of follow up. And you know, as David said, I there is a lot of hours went into you know the last few months, and uh, I don't I don't take this lightly. I don't take this higher. I don't take letting John go. Uh, Lightly, I mean, the, the, I, I was on the, I was in the other seat uh, for a number of years, so I understand. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot that went into it. I think the big takeaway from that, Anne, is that this wasn't just you know Barry Trotz and his guy. There was a lot of feedback that went into the decision, not just to you know let go of John Hines, but bring Andrew Burnett in. And you heard Barry Trotz, you know, a little bit later in that press scrum say, you know, I was fine. If John Hines came back, I just want, it was kind of like what we talked about yesterday. He was fine. If John Hines came back, but he just wanted to make sure he could get his guy before he made that move. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting. He was very good to kind of pull the curtain back on what this process was like, which is not something that you typically get from a GM going through this process. But I think because he's the incoming GM, He wanted to be very transparent about like, look, you know, I took the lead on this, but I gathered input from a lot of different places. You know, and you mentioned David Poyle was pretty quiet in this press conference, but I do think it was important for Predators fans to feel like, hey, Barry Trotz really collaborated with a lot of people, not just within the Predators organization, but outside of the Predators organization. This is somebody who did his due diligence on making this hire. It was not something that he took lightly. You know, he mentions at the end of that clip, you know, letting John Hines go. I've been on the other side of that. I know what that's like. I know that's not a casual move that you make. And I think it was very important for Barry Trotz in this entire press conference to reiterate that. I didn't let John Hines go casually. I didn't drag this on kind of, which is what the perception has been, I think, among some of the NHL coaches. And I think he really wanted that to be a message that got out in this press conference. You you feel like maybe he kind of let it drag on. What, what is your opinion? <laughs> yeah. On that? yeah. Really? I mean, so so Barry Trotz, I know he said that, you know, this was, you know, he told him, hey, it might take to the end of the month or right. anything like that. But to me, here here's like my thing from Barry Trotz on that when he said, you know, I would have been fine with John Hines, you know, but you know, wanted to make sure either there wasn't anybody else out there. Mm-hmm. At that point, you know, you don't want John Hines back. 
if you're looking at your head coach as the plan B, yeah, I mean, you, you know you should get a new head coach regardless. And I totally get what, what he was going for, where it's like, if you don't have anybody that better than John Hines, then why not stick with John Hines? No. But if you're out looking, like if you're married to somebody and you start thinking like, huh, you know, I just kind of want to get back on, you know, Tinder and just see if there's anybody else out there. Yeah. You're not exactly happy in your marriage. And yeah. so to me, I think the second Barry Trot started looking at other options, I think his mind was made up uh, about John Hines, however way he wants to spin it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as, as I said, that's not the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. That's not the wrong decision at all. I think you and I both agree that Predators, I think, just needed to take a step in a new direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just in terms of in terms of the process. Yeah, I think I think Barry Trotz knew in his mind, uh, you know, he was going to look elsewhere. And we've talked about this before. If John Hines did come back, that is a very, very short leash for him next season. And I'm not sure if that's, you know, fair to John Hines or really anybody else in the Predators organization. True. And just throwing it out there, word on the street is that John Hines is perhaps the front-running candidate now for the New York Rangers job. He was yeah. teammate Chris Drury, who is the who is the GM for the Rangers. And the Rangers word on the street is that they are liking what they're hearing from John Hines. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that all pans out. Of course, we'll keep everybody updated on the John Hines move too. But yeah, I think it was very important. It seemed very important to Barry Trotz to kind of uh, weave that narrative carefully about, you know, I don't mean to disrespect John Hines, but it was, it was a, it was a, a little bit, I'd like your analogy. It was a little bit of a tough one. Yeah. Um, yeah, for, for John Hines' perspective, yeah, good for him. I mean, yeah. going from the New York Rangers. Like I said, I, I don't think John Hines is a bad coach, like you know, know everybody says he is. I just think he's not the right coach for the Nashville Predators right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know everybody's talking about his coaching records in New Jersey and, and now in Nashville and his 3-11 and postseason record here. Uh, it's also worth noticing that he was in two pretty – bad roster yeah. situations in both of those spots so you know yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see what he does with a you know a good team like the new mm-hmm. york rangers uh it'll be really interesting to see how he handles uh alexi lafreniere and capo caco two prize prospects who are a lot of people think are being mismanaged in terms of playing time we've seen what happens with that in smashville but uh, you know, be- best of John Hines. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, much more to get to, including some big changes coming to the quote unquote predators identity. I think it is very clear from what Andrew Burnett and uh, Barry Trot said yesterday that these are not going to be the same old predators you see on the ice next season. I think there's new philosophies coming. We'll talk about that. Plus, and question for you. How soon can we expect this team to be like a serious contender or at least expectations for next season? That's a question we want to get to in just a second as well. First, though, I want to take a second and mention today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. This is the perfect time to get the FanDuel app on your phone. Why? Because NBA Finals 
starting tonight. Stanley Cup Finals starting Saturday. Perfect sports weekend. And right now, new customers on FanDuel get a no-sweat first bet. If you want to bet on any of the games, up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's all kinds of bets. You can make a parlay out of how many points Jimmy Butler is going to get, how many rebounds Nikola Jokic is going to get. In hockey, who's going to score the first goal? Matthew Kachuk, maybe uh, Jack Eichel, somebody else. These are all bets that you can do, and there's great promotions on FanDuel every single day, and it's all on a safe and secure app that gets you your winnings instantly there's no better place to bet all the playoff action than america's number one sports book so try it yourself visit fanduel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to two thousand five hundred dollars again fanduel.com slash locked on that's on fanduel official sports betting partner of the nba and official sports betting partner of the locked on podcast network all right and there is uh, another interesting quote uh, from Barry Trotz talking about him bringing Andrew Burnett on as coach. And it's kind of about the interview process. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we don't know how many people um, Barry Trotz talked to. Uh, he did mention there were three main finalists. One was Andrew Burnett. One was Carl Taylor, which we talked a little bit about yesterday. And uh, one was the third person he declined to name. Yeah. A lot of people think maybe it's Spencer Carberry who just wound up in Washington. Um, but he had a very interesting comment when asked about some of his conversations with the coaches and it really you can tell ties into what he wants this team to be so let's take a listen it's all of the above we, we sit down and obviously i coach so when we coach we talk about philosophies we talk about systems we actually make him present what what he teaches and i've i've through you know almost 35 years 40 years of coaching i've seen lots and i can decipher between the what I call the BS and the and the real stuff. Coaching's not always X's and O's. That's that's what is the misconception. Coaching is making making uh, connections with your players, getting them to play for each other. One hundred percent. Yes. One hundred percent. And I think that's maybe the biggest thing that changed for me, Anne is you know it's less about these systems because the predators just had two back-to-back system head coaches and it's more about trying to bring the best out of individual players and figuring out maybe where they play best yeah if i have to walk out of that press conference and summarize what i heard with regards to the brunette hire with regards to what they're looking for in this next head coach that word would be relationships So much about this press conference was about building relationships and relationships in hockey, not only just, you know, Brunette becoming a hire because of his relationship with David Poyle and his relationship with Barry Trotz. But I think the emphasis going forward is on relationship. It's on connecting with these players, not so systems oriented, like Barry Trotz says, you know, you can, you can do your X's and O's and you can present your system, but it's really going to be about what can you pull out of each individual player? What can you get out of a Cody glass? What does he need to be the best he can be? What do you need to give or get, you know, when it comes to 
Philip Forsberg, you know, how do you build that relationship from coach to player, but also the relationship in the locker room, player to player, and kind of rebuilding that camaraderie, that uh, that team swagger, that hunger to play for each other. So much about this hire focus, not necessarily on Brunette's resume, but on his ability to build relationships and, and who he is as a person as much as who he is as a coach. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and not saying anything like John Hines wasn't like that. For sure. Uh, or anything like that. But it's For just, sure. it, to me, it's funny because it feels like maybe you and I are interpreting this a little bit differently too. Uh, you know, I took that as, you know, obviously there's a player relationship there, but it's more about, you know, individual players than it is maybe a giant team philosophy or anything like that. And it's funny because there's another quote later on from Barry Trotz where he's talking about, you know, systems and players and stuff. And he said, like, I don't want Philip Forsberg to play like Tanner Janot. And I don't want Tanner Janot to play like Philip Forsberg. Probably could have double checked that roster, Barry, before you use player <laughs> comparisons. But, you know, but he's like, but he's like saying, but I do want like some aspects of, you know, Tanner Janot and Philip Forsberg game and, and vice versa. And it's funny because, you know, we've had this conversation with players before. It's like, if you're on this line, you need to do this and you need to do this. And if you can't do that, then we're going to call somebody up from AHL or use one of our replacement players and get that role filled. To me, this is more of a transition to, you know, how does this player play? How can we get the most out of this player? Who are some people he might have chemistry with elsewhere? And let's see if we can get the best out of the individuals, not necessarily trying to look at a big picture, you know, strategy and saying, you know, who fits where, like what, like, like where does this person play that fill or who fills this role? This is more of a, how do all of these players fit together? Mm -hmm. It's so much about what is your point A? Is your point A, I'm starting with this system and I'm going to plug people into the system? Or is your point A, I'm looking at this roster and I'm looking at the individual talents that we have on this roster. How can I create a system around that? And I think, you know, Barry Trotz was very complimentary of the job that John Hines did at the end of the season. And he said at the end of the season, he coached the roster. Yes. He didn't have, you know, a lot of the same players. He didn't have the high name players because of trade, because of injury. He looked at the roster he had and he coached it. And I think this hire, this Andrew Brunette hire, I think they're looking for somebody whose point A is let me look at this roster, not here is the system. Now let's fill it in. And, and I think that that's a little bit of a, of a shift from a coaching perspective. And again, not to take anything away from John Hines or anything like that. But I think that that was something where the Predators saw success kind of coming out at that angle. And, and that's very much Andrew Brunette's wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, uh, more to get to on this as well. And including uh, a good soundbite mm -hmm. uh, that I think really defines what the Nashville Predators uh, are going to play like moving forward if Barry Trotz and if Andrew Burnett um, can kind of realize their vision. One thing I want to ask you, Anne, real quick, you know, the, the Predators have brought in Barry Trotz. They brought in Andrew Burnett. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, we presume there's kind of going to be a shift in philosophy, a shift in strategy. What's the expectations for this team next season? Yeah, this was a question that was asked of Andrew Brunette, and he was very quick to say, look, you know, it's too early for me to say that. But as somebody who's kind of been here, you and I have been following the Predators now for two seasons. We know a lot about this roster. We're all aware in Nashville Predators land that this is definitely a new chapter. I think that the word that kind of summarizes where people need to land is be patient, but have expectations. Because I do think that we're going to see a change in the Predators. Uh, Barry Trotz and Andrew Burnett did a radio interview after the press conference and was asked by one particular radio host, kind of the Gran Torino of sports talk here, uh, about, you know, what are your expectations? And Burnett said, you know, we want to be entertaining. And the host jumped in and said, no, we want to win. And it's like, okay, absolutely, the Nashville Predators want to win. But I really think step one is to get back to hockey with swagger. And I think that's an expectation that fans should have, you know, pretty quickly. They should see some of that pretty quickly. Uh, Do I think the Nashville Predators are going to make the playoffs next season? That's a really hard question to answer because there are also some comments made that we don't know for sure what's going to happen, especially when it comes to this, you know, uh, the draft and all this draft capital, we don't know for sure what this team is going to look like yet. Um, I do think it's going to be a lot more exciting. I like the direction that they are wanting to steer this ship in. I don't know that I'm ready to say that this is going to be a one-season reset or or a two-season reset, but it's also not going to be a six, seven, eight, nine-year process. So I think it's going to be sooner than a lot of other teams in the NHL, but I think people need to be patient and enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, y'all. Yeah, that's the hope is just you get a little bit better every year. And hey, UC Soros almost led that last year's team uh, to a Stanley Cup playoff berth. So it's not out of the question that maybe, you know, we see kind of like that that era between, you know, when Paul Correa and and Jason Arnett were here versus the, you know, when, uh, you know, Shea Weber and Ryan Suter really started taking over. You know, it's like they, they kind of made the playoffs that fluke year missed the playoffs the next year, uh, then had like, you know, you know, another, you know, kind of really good season, then kind of a fluke year and then had that really good 2012 season, you know, it it wouldn't, you know, it it kind of feels like maybe there's a little bit of period of back and forth where you take a step forward one season when things go right, maybe some things go wrong the next year and you take a step back. uh, And then, you know, maybe you take a big step forward years, three or four, something like that. It might be like that for a while, but you know, I think the biggest thing if you're the Nashville predators is just to get these players to where they need to be. You got Cody glass. You got Luke evangelista. You got, Phil Tomasino, you're going to probably have Yoakam Kamel, if not next year, then at least, you know, in the next, within the next two seasons uh, at some point, you know, you're going to have Yaroslav Askarov uh, coming in the goal at, at some point as well. You got to get them up to what they're, 
you know, potential is like, you got to see what their high end potential is. And that to me is going to be step one, Mm -hmm. uh, both for Andrew Burnett and in terms of this rebuild, because you do that, you can show that you have, you know, the players you have in potential and whoever they draft this year, make sure they're getting on the right track, that they're going to become those high end impact players. You need them to be, then you can really look and say, okay, what does this team need? Yeah. I thought it was interesting. A lot of the players were at the press conference and and we got to hear from uh, Roman Yossi and Philip Forsberg. And Philip Forsberg was asked, you know, how do you feel about the fact that this may be, you know, a couple of steps back to make some forward movement a little further down the line? And Philip Forsberg's response was, look, when I step on the ice, it's to be a playoff team. You know, and so I kind of like that, you know, the expectations, this team is not going to lower their expectations, they're going to work for that, whether that happens right away or not, you know, we'll wait and see. But I really like that it doesn't sound like these veterans are going to say, well, okay, you know, it's not going to happen this season. You know, we saw some incredible things at the end of the year from these younger players. And I think that these veterans who were out and had to watch it are going to come back very hungry. Now, do I think we're going to win the Stanley cup next season? No friends. I do not, but I think it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. That's the big thing. And there's one quote, Uh, from Barry Trotz that I think brings this all home. Uh, My favorite quote of the press conference, just kind of talking about, you know, what his team, what he wants his team to be, what maybe the revamped Predators identity is going to look like. Love this quote. Let me play it for you. We want to get, we want to be relentless on the puck. I thought uh, I want to be on our toes. I don't want to be on our heels. I want to skate. I, I, I want to work. I want to. I want to enjoy the game. I, just, just like every, all the players do. And I think, you know, and I said, you know, we play the game. We don't work the game. You put a lot of work to be good at this game, but you still play the game. And, and that's where we get the joy in in the competition. Um, you know, I was so fortunate to win a, a Stanley Cup, and someone said, you know, about the whole journey. What, 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 what was all, what was the thing about it? It was the. It was the actual competition. It was the journey. Well, hard it was that was actually enjoyable. Once you can accept that, it, you know, you got to put in a lot of work, but that work is is part of that joy. Then, then you you're going to have great success. Isn't that big, like Danny Rojas? Football is life energy, oh, right go. there. Let's go. Yeah, no, I love this quote in, in uh, Trot said it over and over again. We don't work the game, we play the game. And that doesn't mean that this team is going to be careless. It doesn't mean this team is not going to be focused. They're going to put in the work, but I think that there's just a new energy that they want to see in this team. And I think that that is going to translate and spread very quickly to this fan base as well. And to me, the bottom line for this is, you know, and what I take from this quote these players get paid to play. This mm-hmm. is their job, but they start playing at like three and four years old and they're not thinking about money. They're just on that ice having fun. And I think that's part of what can you can have a successful locker room is just encouraging players to go out, play the game and have fun. Like put, put together a product, put together a strategy that you're going to enjoy doing, be a team that is fun to be a part of. I mean, you look around, you know, 
like the Seattle Kraken and, and some of their puck movement and, you know, just how four lines are just go, go, go all the time. You know, Tampa Bay Lightning, the Florida Panthers this season, just how like on their toes they are the whole time. How fun the New Jersey Devils were to watch this year. You look at those teams and it's not just like, oh, those are good teams, but it's like these are fun teams to watch. Wow. Look at all these young players that are just go, go, go all the time. Look how just crisp their passing is. Look how just, you know, all of them drive to the net, know where each other are going to be, just the chemistry that's there. That's what I think you really makes a successful team. You know, it's fun to watch and it's fun for the players to be a part of. And you didn't get that same sort of, you know, energy from, you know, the Preds the past couple of years. And again, that's nothing to do with the players or previous coaches. I think that's just, you know, the strategy that they had to do. There's very little margin for error. So they kind of had to be, you know, that gritty team, you know, the, the lunch pail team, the team that put in, you know, the the, you know, 80 hour work weeks and, you know, through, you know, 50 hits a game and blade their bodies on the line every single night, you know, that that's, it's not necessarily the fun way to play hockey. And I think mm -hmm. when I, when I hear Barry Trotz say this and, you know, you hear Andrew Burnett's it, it's going back to, you know, you want to have a strategy that players want to have fun with. Yes. Yes, I agree 100%. And I don't think that that takes away anything about how specific and serious these next couple of seasons are going to be for the Nashville Predators. But it comes back to me to that relationship and that joy, building connections in this locker room. These players want to play for each other and they find the joy in hockey again. And whether this team is successful in two seasons, in three seasons, in four seasons, enjoying the process could be so much fun on and off the ice for everybody involved watching them. And, and I think that's the direction the predators are headed. And I think it's a lot to be excited about. Yeah. Lots of uh, good energy from this press yeah. conference yesterday. Good There's time. a lot of stuff we haven't got to yet, including some interesting comments from Trotz about the team's draft strategy, maybe the summer strategy for in terms of free agents and stuff like that. Uh, Andrew Burnett, you know, talking about maybe what uh, kind of you know team we're going to have on the ice next year, and also you know we heard from Philip Forsberg and Roman Yossi, you know, giving us uh, some good insights as to what they think of this move. There is a lot to get to with this coaching change, so we're going to have plenty more on this uh, throughout the week. Plus, it is now June, which means NHL Draft Month is here, and. Come on, bring us more baby preds, y'all. Bring us more baby preds. Yeah, so we're going to have more content from Eric Denae talking about who he thinks the Predators should draft, who might be available uh, with the second pick in that first round, and also maybe some late-round sleepers. Uh, so plenty more to get to on Locked on Predators coming up. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at AnnK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day, everybody. Just a reminder, Lockdown Predators is your free daily Nashville Predators podcast available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Just search whatever platform you're using. Just search Locked on Predators. You'll find us. Hit subscribe. 
That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with an all-new episode. We'll see you then.